Welcome to That's Why Podcast with Patricia and Anna, the show where we arouse your curiosity while we dull your senses. Hi, Patricia. Hi, Anna. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. How are you? You know what? It's been a roller coaster <laughs> for the last couple of weeks, but here I am, and I am so excited about our topic today. Yeah. You know, I feel like anxiety is a prevalent topic these days, these weeks, these months, you know? Absolutely. And you know that it's relevant to me as well, mm -hmm. you know, and that's why it's kind of going to be near and dear to my heart because it's something that I've been affected with and so many other people. So we'll move forward there because yes. it's, it's awesome. I hope I hope our audience really enjoys this because it's going to be good. They will. They better. <laughs> you better, you mofos. <laughs> well, before we begin, I want to say congratulations to Judy. She's pregnant. Congratulations. <laughs> it was so funny how she announced it because she messaged me on Instagram and she said, hey, I'm going to be using this new IG handle. It's Mama J and had some numbers following it. And I'm like, why is it Mama J? Are you a mom to pets? What's going on? Why is this number <laughs> behind your name? And I kept sending her messages. Mm -hmm. And she was like, would you just look at the Instagram page? So I look it up and I'm like, oh, my God, Mama J. That makes sense. Yeah. You're like, why are you making me do homework? Oh, OK. I know. <laughs> so anyway, congratulations, Judy. Congratulations. So it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Enjoy. It's crazy because last time, you know, she got engaged and now she's pregnant it's yo like, she don't man. she don't mess around man she don't mess around i got around. a timeline <laughs> <laughs> speaking of anxiety yeah, and no babies <laughs> good luck judy yeah, no just kidding <laughs> no doubt. let's not let's um, not inform her of that part right not yet let's have her oh, no. discover it on her own no, I'm just kidding. oh no <laughs> well on our poll for anxiety there were over 200 people that voted on this so i think this is a decent standard for a poll when i asked do you have anxiety 40 percent said yes 14 percent said no 14% said, I don't, but I know people that do. And 32% said they weren't sure. Wow. I always thought that more people would have anxiety. Yes. Especially in our, we are anxiety-driven culture. Right. With deadlines, school, PTA meetings, all of that. Mm -hmm. And so I'm actually surprised that it was only 40% that said yes. I'm surprised too. You know, just like back in the day when you would say, I need to see a therapist or a psychologist or a psychiatrist, mm -hmm. people would think like, oh, no, you're crazy. Even the same person that's thinking that you're crazy needs one. Yes. I think that it's that same uh, stigma today. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. a lot of people are not going to admit that they have some kind of medical fragility of the mind. Because I really believe mm -hmm. that it's a medical fragility of the mind. And you know what? That's fascinating to me, having suffered from anxiety from a few years ago, mm -hmm. that one one would say, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know, for example, when people say I had a panic attack, I had an mm -hmm. anxiety attack. I see. I classify mine as an anxiety um, mm -hmm. because of its duration. Google says panic attack versus anxiety, right? What's the difference? Anxiety can be mild, moderate, or severe. For example, anxiety may be happening in the back of your mind as you go about your day-to-day day -day activities. Panic attacks, on the other hand, most involve severe disruptive symptoms. During a panic attack, the body's 
autonomous autonomous fight or flight response takes over. So I then would have to say that, yeah, minor panic attacks because they do vary. Sometimes I start feeling like, ooh, what it's it's coming on. Kind of like a diarrhea, like a bad stomachache when you eat something bad. You, you kind of, <laughs> oh, gotta go. <laughs> What's that? It's starting to rumble in there. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, no. But some, right, some stomach aches and, and issues, um, you know, whether it's IBS or whatever, they can vary, right? The same thing with mm-hmm. this. You can have like a mild one and you're like, okay, I can get over that. But then there are times that it is so consuming that my heart feels like it's going to jump out of my chest and I just can't concentrate. And it's funny because the more that you concentrate on it, the deeper it gets, it seems like. So I contacted my friend Annie Jacobs and she's the therapist I referenced from the Honesty episode. Mm -hmm. And I asked her if she could give some advice about recognizing anxiety and told her that I've read that anxiety is being worried about the future and being depressed is worrying about the past. So I asked her if that was true or false. She responded and said, I would say false. I've seen plenty of people depressed for the future and seen people's past haunt them and cause a lot of anxiety for fear that the anxiety-causing event will happen again. When it comes to recognizing anxiety, the most common physical symptoms are racing thoughts and a racing heart. Other more subtle signs of anxiety can be feeling uneasy in certain situations, jumping easily, and struggle concentrating. Hmm. Take a few nice, good, slow, deep breaths, and that can help give your nervous system a little refresh and help slow down your heart and mind to help you focus again. Now, I'm a realist, and I know taking some slow, deep breaths isn't going to be a cure-all for anxiety. So deep breathing in conjunction with other grounding skills and techniques are the most beneficial for helping your nervous system relax. So that's what she said about that. Anxiety is, you know, that feeling of uncertainty and the jumping and, you know, the concentration that's difficult. And I think it's fair to say 100% of us have felt that lack of concentration, feeling, you know, whoa, like what's going on a little bit on edge. Mm -hmm. So that's why I don't think that 40% is accurate. However, 32% said they weren't sure. So maybe that 32% is a yes. Right. There was this example you gave me about fire, which I thought was the best visual image that I could think of what anxiety was because I don't suffer from anxiety. And when you explained that, it was like a light bulb. Right? Do you mind sharing that? No, not at all. So I started suffering from anxiety attacks a few years ago. It's funny because my sister has had them. And before you empathize with someone or because you've experienced the same thing, you see them in such a different way. And I was Hmm. like, just get over it or whatever. Hmm. And then when I started, I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is real. Oh shit. She's not being a crybaby. She's not being overly sensitive. So when I started doing my research, this man explained it so perfectly. And I really, I wish I could have remembered his his name because he has a a youtube channel but he said when an anxiety comes on it's like your own internal fire alarm going off if you have a fire alarm at home your fire alarm doesn't know if it's toast that's burning or if it's a blazing fire it will go off the same what you have to determine as a human being is saying is this just toast or is this a blazing fire because you get that fight or flight 
feeling and that fight or flight feeling, it's, it seems like such a dire thing. So that helped me so much in being able to center myself when I'm having one to say, okay, Patricia, is this a blazing fire or is this just burning toast? And nine and a half out of 10 times, actually (laughs) 9.75, it's toast. It's toast. It's toast. And when I visualize that, and I sound, I know it sounds ridiculous, but many times I'm like, I visualize a toaster. Who hasn't burned toast? Come on now. Mm -hmm. You just pull that out, (laughs) throw it away and put another one in. It's going to be all right. You can, you can change the situation. It helps me even just having that visual to just calm down in the moment. Mm. So anyway, so yeah, that's the example. And I thought, man, that, that man is amazing. I don't know if he got that from someone else or if that was his own, he conjured that up himself, but it, it, it's really been helpful. I love that visual, though. Yeah, it yeah. really helped me understand what you were going through, because like I said, I've never dealt with anxiety before. I think I had one episode. I was working at my old salon and I walked up to the front and I said, oh, I feel like my chest is tight. It almost feels like when you're about to cry. And they were like, that's anxiety. And I said, hmm. But, you know, nothing happened. I wasn't stressed. It was a nice sunny day. And I just took some deep breaths and it went away. But maybe that was some anxiety that I had for some reason or another. I don't right. Know. And your body, you know, your body reacts in certain ways to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. Now, ha- was that the first and only time that happened? Yeah, first and only time. Oh, wow. So you brushed it off. Yeah. Anna, you're so strong. I want to be like oh, you. No. <laughs> no. I don't think it's strong. I think it's carelessness. <laughs> I think- <laughs> Have you heard that little girl that sings? She's like, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. Fuck. Like, like no. sometimes you just have to be like, you know what? I don't really That's care me, right though. now. <laughs> That's the point. I wish if, I feel like if more people implemented that attitude, then you can choose whatever word you'd like. If you don't like the word fork, then just change it. But uh, I don't care. Peter would tell me, he would be like, God, you know, like you're careless. And I'm like, I'm carefree. I'm like, get that straight. Okay. Two snaps in a circle. I like it. Yes, you're carefree. But you know what? And I'm so happy that you said that it's not about strong because when I started telling people that I'm having anxiety, mm-hmm. people looked at me like I had three heads hmm. and they're like, but you're, you're such a strong person. I see you a certain way. Yes. I'm like, you know what? My anxiety doesn't compromise my strength. It doesn't compromise my ability. It just is something that happens to me. And I feel like I've learned a lot of emotional maturity because I feel that when you evolve and you, and you try to Expand again. I feel like it's a medical fragility of the mind. And so, therefore, it's something that you have to strengthen. You have to strengthen your coping skills, just like a little kid, right? Or a little baby that's in a, you know, crib or something and crying. What do people mm-hmm. do? They either give them a binky. They get, we are always conditioned to have some kind of coping or soothing mechanism or, or something to soothe us. As an adult, I obviously don't have a binky, so I need to Mm -hmm. figure out a way that I can (laughs) self-soothe and say, okay, how can I make myself get out of this mode? You know what I mean? When you are going through the anxiety moment, is it debilitating or are you able to function and talk yourself through it and say, yes, this is toast? Or has it been 
any time where it's overwhelming and you can't focus? Well, let me tell you about the first experience I had, which was like I had nine anxiety episodes in one night, and uh, it had started just a few days prior, and then it just almost like a, it was like a it felt like a blazing fire, like in that example that I, I gave you. I remember starting to do research. I'm like, what is this that's happening to me? I don't understand. Long story short, it lasted for probably about nine hours. And I remember having to go to lunch with my oldest son, uh, pardon me, dinner with my oldest son. And it was winter. It wasn't the man that I had listened to that gave me the example of the toast. It was someone else, but they were like, you need a sensory perception. You need to stimulate your skin. You need to do this, that, or the other to distract you, right? Do you know that we went to eat and I was having a pan- uh, an anxiety attack again when I sat there and I got up. I took my boots off outside and I walked in the snow. This is how bad it was. I was so desperate because by the time he, uh, my son and I had gone to dinner, I had had probably about my fifth episode and my body was just like not having it. Like, and if anyone can relate to this, this is how bad it felt. It was like being in an airplane and it being so turbulent and you fearing that it's going to crash. That's how bad I felt. It was like, what is this feeling? And you know what's weird? It's kind of like people who have either had strokes or Alzheimer's. Part of your brain is there and it's aware that this is happening. But the other part Hmm. can't control it. It's this duplicity that your mind is going through. Like, why can't you chill? Why why are you letting this happen? The other side is like a hysterical friend that you want to (laughs) slap. Be like, get over it. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. What's wrong with you, girl? Can you calm down? So I was like, what? You know, I constantly kept questioning. And again, like I said, when you give into to it, it just exacerbates those feelings Holy as opposed cow. to you trying to breathe through it and move and change your thought process versus mm-hmm. trying to understand where the panic attack or the anxiety attack is coming from. I don't know that that's important. Hmm. It, with the example of the toast. It doesn't matter why the toast burn in the moment. Did Was the mm-hmm. flame too hot? You know, was the heat too mm-hmm. high? Did I leave it on too long? If you start asking those questions, you're diving more deeper into the thing. Whereas if you're like, you know what? I have more bread in the, in the fridge. I'm just going to take this and throw it away mm-hmm. and I'm going to move on. Do you yeah. see what I'm saying? Like when yeah. you think that way, you can move yourself away from the feeling versus trying to understand all these intricacies that at the time you're not even equipped to handle because you're in it, you know? Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. I can't imagine how it, it would feel like. I think it would be scary though, because you're having your mind fight itself. Yes. Almost talk yourself through it, but then it's uncontrollable fear. Mm-hmm. That's crazy to be. Yeah. And it, the fear is real. I mean, it's pretty intense. And, you know, again, when you give into it, I, I had seen my sister just hyper almost hyperventilate and get worse and people that were standing around her and at the time I didn't know but as I experienced it myself I'm like okay now I know how to get her out of that mode I'm not gonna be asking her but but why why are you feeling like that Uh, do you want water do you want this that's not the time to be even asking questions because every cell in your body is focused on trying to get you out of this feeling because it's it's terrible. Wow. You know? I'm so happy that you shared that, Anna, about Annie because I've regurgitated that, that when you're depressed, you're living in the past and when you're anxious, you're living in the future. And and I could see her, her point being very true. You could be depressed that there is no future for mm-hmm. you in certain aspects, right? So it's right. not necessarily 100% true. There's some validity right. to it. But it's mm-hmm. not 100% true. Right. Yeah. 
two of the people that have helped me quite a bit in developing the mindset and understanding how your mind works. It is amazing that in this day and age of knowledge, I mean, I can't remember what his name is escaping me right now, but he says in a time of knowledge that is easily at your fingertips, ignorance is a choice, right? So you have the ability to do so much research on everybody's got YouTube. I don't care if you and mm-hmm. like some kind of, you know, farm in Dominican Republic or wherever you are, <laughs> you have a phone and it's probably a smart one and you have Wi-Fi and you can do the research for yourself. So Andrew Huberman, he is a professor at Stanford and he has a website called HubermanLab.com. I, I highly recommend him. He's a neuroscientist and he has helped me a lot in understanding the mind, how it works and why, and, you know, about your circadian rhythms and the chemicals that are released in your mind. I mean, he is amazing and he's a wealth of knowledge. And I love his, his channel on YouTube because it's free content, right? And he really yeah. tries to bring that knowledge that a lot of people may pay to get. It's free. Mm-hmm. The second mm-hmm. person that's really, I mean, this man has impacted my life in so many ways. And his name is Sam Harris. He's a neuroscientist, but he's also a philosopher. He studied. Oh, I love that. Oh my gosh. Anna, you would love him because he has studied meditation and like he's gone to India and he's gone to other places and he has been in meditation for months. And this is a man who's really been able to help me understand that one can master the mind Mm -hmm. with practice. It's like anything else. He has been super helpful. Sam Harris, samharris.org. He has a great app. And I think it's the Waking Up podcast. And if you cannot afford it for the first year or whatever, he actually never wants your inability or your financial situation to keep you from the content that he has. So you just have to email him and he will let you join for free. Oh, I love that. Isn't that awesome? That is awesome. He's sincerely wanting to help people. Oh, absolutely. That's cool. I love that. So these are two neuroscientists. One is a philosopher. Their wealth of knowledge together is just like, I feel like it's everything I would ever need to know. Now, the third person who I got turned on to, remember we were talking about him? Yeah. He's the guy that, uh-huh. you know, dunks himself in ice. <laughs> he, his name is Wim Hof. Mm-hmm. His breathing technique is so powerful. Anna, you and I discussed how we wanted to talk about the mind and body connection. But yes. this man is so amazing. And just to give you like a snippet of his background, you know, he has a twin brother and they've mm-hmm. both been poignant in having test trials done and experiments done because what better way to see, does this really work, right? You've got Mm -hmm, two people mm -hmm. that are, you know, identical twins. And uh, he's been able to master his mind. And, you know, his wife committed suicide. And I think that that is what probably propelled him into trying to understand. Mm -hmm. This woman who probably had everything, beautiful children, left this man, a single parent, you know, a widower, I would think that anyone that I loved that was near like that, like a partner that did that, do I play a part in that? Do I hold some kind of responsibility or accountability? And that just sent him into this amazing journey in helping so many people. So the mind-body connection is real. And he proves it through the breathing, alkalizing your body. He himself has even had viruses and other things injected. And with his breathing, he has been able to control 
his symptoms. And this is a man, like you said, he walks in the snow with shorts on and it doesn't phase him because he's able to mm-hmm. control his uh, his body heat mm-hmm. through the mind. And so, Anna, you were sharing that with me, which I think is amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, when I meditate, I am able to move the heat from my body to different areas. So if my hands and my feet are cold, I'm able to send the warmth to my hands and feet. I know it's a weird thing, but I've been meditating for a long time. I think it's a practice that I've done by myself. No one was just like, let me show you how to move the warmth. But it was weird because the first time I did it, it felt like a wave, almost like someone put a warm cloth and they just ran it down your arm to your fingertips. I wish the audience could see my face right now. I'm like mesmerized. (laughs) I'm like, Anna, you is a god. No. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm so glad that you talked about the circadian rhythm because when people have that lack of sleep, you know, people who work at nighttime, Mm -hmm. they have a higher chance of heart disease and diabetes, things like that. In nature, we are supposed to be awake when the light is up and we're supposed to sleep when the light is down. Mm-hmm. And imagine when you are manic. Imagine when you have anxiety and you are running on two hours of sleep. And let's say seven days pass and you're still running on two hours of sleep a night. That is maddening. That can just make you go crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so I can't imagine, like I said, I don't know how anxiety feels like, but our mind and our body are so well connected that sometimes people think anxiety is just a mental thing, but it can manifest into yes. ailments. Yes. All of a sudden, you're having headaches, you're having sweats, you're having tummy aches, you're throwing up, you're vomiting, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, yeah. How would you know that it's from anxiety? Like, well, oh, did you eat something bad? Did you whatever? Like, no, it's your mind. Recently, so I hadn't had one in a long time and you know I started a new job a couple of months ago and the Mm -hmm. intensity of learning something new learning something completely out of my field and just all of these things and the demands of deadlines I started having anxiety attacks at work wow and I'm like and the guy that it's so funny because I work with this gentleman he is so so sweet but he's on Mm -hmm. oxygen and he's (laughs) He's been sick. I mean, he's been on death's door and he's looking at me like, girl, calm down. I know. And I look at him like, I really have nothing to complain about, right? (laughs) But, um, but you know, it started again because I wasn't managing my stress. I mean, we're again, like you said just earlier, we are in a society where I feel like fight or flight and that whole example of, you know, back when we were attacked by a saber toothed tiger, it didn't, (laughs) it wasn't all day. See, we wake up, we wake up and it's like the news, the traffic, Mm -hmm. the deadlines, the emails. And that's just you. If you're in charge Mm -hmm. of children, then you have to worry about all of their schedules if you have 30 of them. You know what I mean? Like, and then your spouse. And then we're under pressure. You want to look a certain way. You have to be a certain way. And all these Mm -hmm. things every day, all day long, it's going to take its toll. Again, until you meditate as long as you have and have a carefree i think that that's attributed probably to your carefree attitude do you know what i mean you've mastered Mm -hmm. your mind anna and that's a real thing that's amazing that you can because that's what wim hof does he takes his focus and he can control the temperature listen i go outside when it's cold and i'm bundled (laughs) up and i'm still freezing okay Uh (laughs) i can't imagine going out there with shorts and a bra 
and be like, hey, <gasps> you know what I mean? Oh like, my God, I know. That's amazing. And that you experienced it even in the slightest level or whatever level you did. But the fact that you went that far means that you can go even further if you dive deep into that practice. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because listen, the mind is a real thing. I was telling my friend, if I were to tell you, close your eyes and I'm going to tell you a story and it's a terrible story. You already start to experience the feelings of mm-hmm. what if that thing came to pass or what if that happened, you know, mm-hmm. and you, and it's not happening. You know, it's a yeah. story. I told you to close your eyes and you know that you're good. And yet you start feeling a certain sense. Mm-hmm. This is how powerful the mind is that you're not experiencing it. And you could be feeling the emotions. It's a big deal. And I'm so glad that you shared that. I'm going to have to get some pointers from you with meditation because oh. I'm still a newbie. I'm still a newbie. I'm still little. I can't explain it. I think everyone meditates differently. That's true. Um, breathing definitely is a technique, but mm-hmm. I was watching this show called Night Watch. Have you heard of it before? No. Have you heard? Okay. Night Watch, they follow a group of EMTs. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay. And this one guy went to a house, and this little girl, she was so cute, and she was like maybe eight or nine. She was having an anxiety attack. Aww. The best description I thought was he said, when you breathe in, smell the roses, and mm-hmm. breathe out when you're blowing out a candle. Oh. So that's what he said. Aww. Smell the roses, blow out a candle. I like it. I right? love it. So, but maybe that's what you can do the next time you have anxiety, you know? Oh, absolutely. And yeah. when I am having one, it immediately sets me into a state of mind of negativity. And hmm. I'm not thinking about happy things when I'm having one. Do you know what I mean? Like wow. when it's triggered, it just makes me want to go into this ripple effect of instead of saying, you know what, that toast burnt and it doesn't matter why, mm-hmm. let me just take it out. When I start doing that, like, why is this happening? And this is so frustrating. And, and mm-hmm. you know, and I don't see an end in sight. And I'm feeling like doomsday. It's only when I turn it around. And yes, breathing is huge in the moment for me. Mm-hmm. Huge. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't incorporate Wim Hof's because his is kind of intense. But definitely, oh. you know, breathe in four counts. Hold it for a second. Breathe out for two counts, right? A little bit stronger Mm -hmm. on the blow. And just inhale and maybe do that three, maybe four times, whatever times it needs for my body to start feeling like, oh, something shifted here, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Breathing is a huge thing. But I agree with you. It's so different for everyone, the way that they meditate. Like, I like to lay down. I don't like to sit up. I like to lay down (laughs) and I like to just soothe myself. Sometimes I use a guided meditation and sometimes I just try to focus on my breathing. And sometimes I just use music, soothing, soft music. Here's a tip because I like to meditate, sleep, you know, not sleep. Well, I will fall asleep sometimes, Uh, but when I'm laying down, (laughs) when you lay down, put a book on your belly button And that's the part that needs to rise and fall, not your chest, not your shoulders. Yeah. So imagine your shoulders have to stay back touching the floor. Gotcha. And the only part that moves is your belly. And that was one technique I... I heard when you look at an animal breathe or when you watch a baby breathe, yes. they don't breathe with their shoulder. Yes, yes they their upper. with yeah. their tummy. Yeah. So anyway, that might be a good tip is put a book on your tummy and then have that rise and fall. And I don't want to make light of this, but <laughs> should you be naked or should you be clothed? <laughs> of course. <laughs> 
always naked. Yo, I was hoping you'd say that. Well, I'm always naked. I don't want to sound all this sensual, but listen, when you're naked, there's something so vulnerable and so raw about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I sleep in the buff. And I, I love, love I love the sheets touching my skin. I feel like <gasps> I'm more best. in touch with myself and my surroundings instead of what I feel. I feel like when I'm wearing pajamas, it's just, <laughs> I'm just choking. You know what I mean? It's just terrible. You sound like an 80 year old smoker. <laughs> I hate pajamas, and this is why I started. But but yes, there's something so soothing about being in the nude, in the buff. So uh-huh. I was wondering if that's. Um, something that you suggest and and obviously you did so yes there's our answer (laughs) i hate clothes clothes is so restricting it really is i hate clothes i hate it i hate it i hate it i I hate bras come on yeah yeah one of those inventions i mean if it wasn't for them i'd probably be tripping over my girls but you know there's a time (laughs) and place for them and (laughs) you just have to find the time and the place but um Anna, gosh, this, I, I hope we really helped enlighten some people because th- don't be ashamed. That's something that you shouldn't be ashamed of, especially in this day and age. We've grown exactly so much leaps and bounds on the stigma, right? Because it's always about yes. the stigma. It's something that you have hope by teaching yourself and seeking out knowledge with all of our mm-hmm. resources that we have, you can manage this to a degree. Most of it can be managed without medication. If you need it, don't feel bad, but don't, mm-hmm. but don't let that be the default. Try to learn how to be able to combat that. I think that it's possible. I, I love that you said, you know, sometimes strength isn't always being the person that has their shit together. Sometimes strength is when you fall apart. I said and that shit. When did I say that shit? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, and that's why right. vulnerability is a show of strength. And anxiety is like a hint of saying, you know, what can you do to change this? Or, yes. you know, how can you change this? And and make those changes, whether it be, like you said, you know, therapy, meditation, breathing techniques, whatever that is. But we can all make that change and don't be shy about it, too. Yeah. The, and, yeah. you know, let your friends and family know. And you know what? I Thank you, Anna, for saying that, because it does make me think of the fact that your body is triggering you or your body's triggered by something. And mm-hmm. maybe that change is what whatever it is that you're doing as well. Not just seeking yes. out a way to mediate it, but also seeking a way to change what may be causing that. Exactly. And and that's okay to at least visit that option and make the changes if it's possible for you. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, yeah. Perfectly yeah. well said. Well, guys, if you would like to be a part of our show, we would love to hear from you. Ask us questions and share your story. We'll give you our unfiltered, unforgiving (laughs) advice. (laughs) Record an audio clip on your phone and send it into thatswhyshow at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram and Facebook at That's Why Show. Our episodes are on Apple, Google, Spotify, and all the other listening platforms out there. Please follow, subscribe, and write a review. We would love that. So today's quote of the day was given to us by Anna. I have to give you kudos because I think it's so apropos. What lies behind what us? What does apropos mean? It's appropriate. It's appropriate for what we're talking oh, okay, about. Thank you. you know? <laughs> Stop it. Thank you. What lies behind us and what lies before us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. We have the power 
to change ourselves. And with that, peace, love, and dark chocolate. Thank, Thank you, guys. You. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.